This evening, I'm bringing a two-part Christmas message, brand new, never preached this before, which I've titled, The Three L's, not elves, my family thought, my family thought I was talking about Elf, the Christmas uh, uh, movie. Guys, bring that up if you would, whenever you can. Um, make sure that I've got three L's, the letter L. This evening is the first L, and then tomorrow morning, L number two and L number three. And I've never shared this before, but I've long had it on my my mind, um, and it's from Isaiah chapter 9. If you have your Bible, Isaiah chapter 9, um, verses 1 through 7, is, and it's a very familiar Christmas text, if you'd make your way there. In, uh, in fact, much of Handel's Messiah, hallelujah chorus, well, much of Handel's Messiah across the board is taken from the book of Isaiah, but uh, hallelujah chorus is from chapter 9, and I want us to understand the context, um, and it's primarily found in verses 6 and 7, but uh, also uh, verses 1 through 5 will give us the context. So Isaiah 9, verses 1 through 7. Nevertheless, the dimness shall not be such as was in her vexation, when at the first he lightly afflicted the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. And afterward did more grievously afflict her by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan in Galilee of the nations. The people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. They that dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them hath the light shined. Thou hast multiplied the nation and increased the joy. They rejoice before thee according to the joy in harvest. And as men rejoice when they divide the spoil. For thou hast broken the yoke of his burden, and the staff of his shoulder, and the rod of his oppressor, as in the day of Midian. For every battle of the warrior is with confused noise and with garments rolled in blood, but this shall be with burning and fuel of fire. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. The government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father the prince of peace, of the increase of his government, and peace there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom, to order it, to establish it with justice and with righteousness. From henceforth, even forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Christmas allows the light of Christ to be seen. Now, this passage tells us that those who lived in darkness, God would bring new light to them. And verse 2 was fulfilled in the earthly ministry of Christ. We know that because Matthew 4 tells us that. Scripture interprets Scripture so often. And in fact, it specifically interprets it in this case, where Matthew 4, verses 13 through 17, says, in leaving Nazareth, He came and dwelt at Capernaum, which is upon the seacoast, in the borders of Zebulun and Naphtali, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, and here is the very text that we just read in Isaiah, the land of Zebulun, the land of Naphtali, by way of the sea beyond Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people which sat in darkness saw great light. 
and to them which sat in the region and shadow of death, light is sprung up. From that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now, it's called Galilee of the Gentiles because Assyria was just about ready to race in and take the northern kingdom and to take them all captive. And the area was just loaded with Gentiles, hence the term Galilee of the Gentiles. Up north, the northern kingdom was taken into captivity first by Assyria uh, around 722 or so BC. This was written a couple of decades before that, still giving that warning. And so verses 3 through 5 have not yet been fulfilled. They've not yet seen, and the world has not yet seen the promises of verses 3 through 5, but just as sure as the first part was fulfilled with Assyria coming in, taking over the northern kingdom, a century later, Babylon taking over the southern kingdom, just as sure as that was prophesied and it was fulfilled, folks, so too will the fulfillment of all of this text be fulfilled. One day there is going to come a time when peace on all the earth will reign Because the King of kings and Lord of lords will be on his throne. It's not yet happened, but it's sure to happen. One day, the people of God will be at peace with their enemy. And it even uses the illustration uh, that he's going to break the yoke of their burden in verse 4. As in the day of Midian, just like in the book of Judges, where God gave victory to his ethnic people, so too they will be liberated one day. Day. Now, how is this going to happen? Well, verses 6 and 7 tell us. See, it leads right in. The context of verses 6 and 7, that we are, we're so familiar with that, uh, that, that a child is born, a son is given, the government shall be upon his field. We know that we hear it time and time again. We hear it sung, we hear it preached, we hear it, hear it read, recited in, in and around Christmas time. That is the context of how the ultimate liberation will take place. Or so to be sure, in his first advent, he came to set the captive soul free. But in his second advent, he's coming to set free all those who have looked to him for salvation, where he will rule and reign one day. Notice in verses 6 and 7, it says it will happen by the Son of God. That is, there would be the child would be born. That speaks of his humanity. And then it says that the Uh, the son uh, will come. It doesn't say that the son will be born. It says a child will be born. That is speaking to his humanity. Why doesn't it say that the son will be born? Because he always has been. Amen? It's the eternal son of God. Without beginning, without end, the ancient of days, um, the one who's going forth, Micah 5, 2 says he'll be born in Bethlehem, but his goings forth have been from old, from everlasting. And so he is eternal. So the baby's going to be born, the child is born, the son is given, and then ultimately the ruler will sit upon the throne. Now, it talks much in this text about the light. Verse (coughs) 2, the people that were in darkness, they've seen a great light. And at the end of verse 2, and upon them hath the light shined. This evening, the emphasis is Christmas bringing light. Three primary points, if you're taking notes while I get a, a swallow.
I was hooping and hollering too much today when my 10-year-old grandson beat me in ping pong. And I was giving it my all. I think I went hoarse during that time. First of all, light drives out darkness. We know that. Light drives out darkness. Anyone here with me ever been to Marvel Cave at Silverdar City in Branson? A number of you have. If you haven't, need to go there. You go into Marvel Cave, and you go down hundreds of feet, and they bring you into a, this cavernous area where they say they, can, they could launch 10 hot air balloons at the same time. It is that large. It, it is massive. And then they take you into, through a corridor into another little room and turn off all the lights. And folks, when they turn off all the lights, you, I, tried, I strained. I put my hand right here, and I strained as hard as I could. Absolute blackness. Could not see anything. You, you would die there if they did not turn the lights back on and let you out <clears throat> because there is absolutely no way to see anything until the guide took a Bic lighter and flicked it. And the room lit up with light. You could see the outline of faces of everybody in our group. And there's probably 30 or 40 people spread out over an area the size of this platform. One little flickering light allowed us to see all around. You see, darkness cannot drive out light. Darkness is what it is. Light always drives out darkness. You appreciate the analogy? And so this is teaching us that one day darkness is going to be driven out by the light, the only light which can drive it out, the light of Christ. When he comes as king of kings and lord of lords. In fact, it says in 1 John 1, check that, John 1 verses 4 and 5, in him was life and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness. So where's the darkness in the context of this? In, it shines in what darkness? It shines in the darkness of the world, the spiritual darkness of the world, where uh, folks don't know God, don't care about God. Maybe they're, going, they're thinking they're going to heaven by wor- uh, virtue of their religion, their good works, but all of it is darkness because it's not the way of the cross. It's not the way of faith in Christ, the gospel message. And so the world abides in darkness, but when the Lord shine, turns on the light in your heart, though your heart is dark with sin, you can't see your way spiritually to heaven. He turns on the light, and the darkness cannot stand up against even a little bit of gospel light. It will penetrate the darkness of a soul. And so, light drives out darkness. Darkness never drives out light. You cannot create darkness And that overcome the light. If there's light present, the light will always drive out the darkness. Can I get a witness? So light drives out darkness. Secondly, we understand that light reveals the reality. Because we don't see in the dark. And if it's complete darkness, we don't see at all. But light shows what is going on around you. Uh, There are older people who don't drive a car at night because of just not being able to see well. And you think about it in, in your own life if you are driving at night. If, if a terrible storm rages in the, in the night and 
you're looking out the window and you can't see, you're hearing limbs crash, you're hearing all kinds of commotion going on. Maybe there's a tornado involved. And it's, it's overcast and there's no, the sun, I mean the, the moon and the stars you can't see. It is really dark out there and murky and you can't see what's going on. As soon as the day breaks, <coughs> the morning, the light reveals the reality of what had gone on. And so again, light shows what the real situation is. So too, when God's light came into the world in Christ, people were able to see the reality of their situation. The apostles in the boat, when Jesus calmed the storm, it says they were afraid of the storm, but when he said to the storm and to the waves, peace be still, I've been on the Sea of Galilee. I can imagine, I can just only imagine the the chaos the fear the troublesome uh, uh, time it was with the waves just all over the place and Jesus in one word said peace be still and instantaneously the waves ceased it said that the the men were were afraid during the storm but when he did that then it says they were really afraid (laughs) they were hyper afraid why because they were in the presence of God And they knew that their own sin could be seen and could be revealed. Light will do that. And folks, when the light of Christ shines in a person's heart, then you're able to see. I'm telling you, when when I was witness to, uh, for the first time that I remember, uh, 45 years ago, when I was 20 years old, that's right, I'm 65, do the math, I know I don't look like it, but I really am. I thought to myself, I'm in trouble. For the first time, I I recognized God knows me, and I know that he knows me. And it's one thing to be afraid of dying, but to be afraid of dying and be afraid of facing a God who is a consuming fire, which is what the book of Hebrews says, Um, that is when the light has, is shining and showing you, revealing the reality of your situation. In fact, 2 Corinthians 4, 6 tells us that. It highlights the spiritual truth when it says, For God, who commands the light to shine out of darkness, who told the sun to shine? God did. He shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. We can only know him because he has revealed himself to us. You see, folks, it takes God to know God. And he in the gospel, Jesus coming as a man through a baby. The baby was born, but the son was given. That's when the light can show the reality of your situation. So the first L of Christmas is light. I have to have it. I can't, I can't take a step toward God unless he shows me who he is, and more importantly, maybe, shows me who I am. And I say, I am undone. I am a sinner, and I am standing before a holy God. I'm going to face him one day. Woe is me, for I don't have any coverage until Christ came in. And that's what the third aspect of the light does. The light shines toward safety. The light is there to show you the way out of the pitch black cave. You see, it doesn't, darkness doesn't drive it out. It reveals where you are. But if it only did that, and that's, that's, 
the, the, the end of the story, then you're, you're hopeless or you're helpless if it doesn't lead you and, and direct you to a place of safety. But it does. Physical darkness can be dangerous, difficult to see the next step. Spiritual darkness is eternally dangerous, for you don't know which way to go. In fact, Jesus told his apostles, after he told them he's going to Jerusalem, he's going to die, they said, no, no, not so, Lord. He said, let not your heart be troubled. And he went on to say, and where I go, you know, and the way you know. Thomas said, Lord, we know not where they're going. How can we know the way? We don't have any light to show us any direction towards safety. And what did Jesus say? Say it with me in John 14, 6. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. Follow this light that I'm giving you, and it will lead you to safety. For I'm the light of the world, he said. <clears throat> and the lost world needs to see the path the gospel shining on that path to safety so that they may be safe and secure for all eternity. And I close with this. Has the gospel light lit up your understanding as it shined on your soul for the need of salvation? And if not, then could it be even this evening that that is taking place? That the Lord, through his word, is saying, the people who are in darkness, they've seen a great light. There were those who did. And there will be others who, who, who follow. Could you be one of those who need to respond to the light? You see, the light drives out the darkness. It reveals your situation. It illuminates the path to safety. But it follows. I've got to walk on that path, right? You with me? The light doesn't carry me. I have to, by faith, say, the light is showing me the way to safety. I'm following that path which God has providentially, mercifully illuminated so that I can see my way to safety. The cross of Christ. Faith in him is that path. And his word is showing you, and even this evening, this emphasis on God lighting your way. And so, if you don't know him by faith, call upon Christ. If you do know him, then let this be a reminder for each one of us that we're to let our light shine so that the world may, may know who God is, may know where they are, what situation they're in, and by faith call upon him. This little light of mine, sing with me, I'm going to let it shine. Oh, this little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Hide it under a bushel. I'm going to let it shine. Oh, hide it under a bushel. I'm going to let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. I don't know any more verses, but <laughs> you understand. What is that? Blow it out. I'm going to let it shine. Won't let Satan it out. I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Well, you understand. Amen. You understand the emphasis in this text. Isaiah chapter 9. A light drove out the darkness so that the people could see the reality of their situation and be on the path of safety by faith 
in him. Lord, I'm thankful for your word and the truth of it. What a glorious text this is to know you and to make you known in our day. And so, Lord, would you, even in this time, touch a heart, someone who doesn't know you, maybe a church member, uh, maybe someone who who has heard the gospel a a thousand times, but even tonight, give faith. And Lord, by way of internet, those around the world who access uh, this particular uh, worship service, touch hearts uh, out there as well. And may we worship you now as we remember what you have done for us in observing the Lord's table. Lord Jesus, in your name.